Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're back, everybody. We're back. Did you miss us? I don't think anyone missed us. How many, uh, <laughs> how many tweets do we get? People are like, where are you guys? Yeah, not many. I don't know. I don't know. I don't run that Twitter account. I've got no idea. <laughs> I got a couple. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Two people. Oh, God. This just has an audience, though. It's not as successful as my other more successful podcast. Oh, here he goes. He's just banging on about how <laughs> successful he is. Well, I'm here to tell you you're not as successful as you think you are that's at being a husband. <laughs> oh, <come laughs> no, that's on, actually not true. He's really great a husband. I'm all right. At a husbanding. Hey, there's always room for improvement as you yell at me every day. I don't yell at you. I what is this show, though, when we do it? Oh, yes. This is Suggest for Podcast. I'm Claire. You're I'm James. James. And we recommend things for you to watch, read, and listen to usually right. every week. We're trying to get back to every week. We are, We're yeah. a little late with this episode, but that yes. is okay. That's all right. That is okay because we have a brand new spanking baby. Spanking baby? Not spanking baby. Oh, God. Sorry. No, I just, you know, this is brand spanking new. Yeah. That's a that, that is, Yeah. You see, you've, you've switched some words around there in it. <laughs> It doesn't quite work. No, no it doesn't. No, we don't. No, I don't even like saying the word spank. (laughs) No? No, it makes me uncomfortable. Also, I do sometimes wear spanks. But you're okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with spanks. What about spanking? No, I don't don't, know. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. Spanked, as in like past tense. (laughs) No, that's worse. Okay, fair enough. What have you got for suggestions? It's really bad as the word moist. I'm okay with that. I know people don't like it. I'm like, I hate that word. It doesn't affect me. I'm so sorry, everyone. All right, so. What are you doing this week? What am I doing this week? Well, I want to recommend a movie that I watched uh, on the old Netflix series. Yeah, right. Just came out. It's called Plus One. I also watched that. Oh, well, there you go. Hoozy deezy doozy. Well, mostly because I saw you watching it. And I'm like, this looks fun. Yeah, and I was so like I having a gig. Yeah. I was I'm giggling out the, loud. The dummy or pacifier for our American uh-huh. listeners. Back to our baby. But please keep talking. About okay, so this is from first time feature directors Jeff Chan and Andrew Reimer, co-writers of the Hulu TV comedy Pen 15, which I haven't watched, but I've heard no, is good, yeah. really good. Yeah. The star is Maya Erskine. Erskine? And she plays Alice, a smart Japanese-American woman who has just had a tough breakup with her boyfriend. Um, Jack Quaid plays Ben, um, her best friend, and the two decide to team up to help with the ordeal of attending all the weddings they have to go to for the year because they're at that age where everybody's getting married, Duh. including, it turns out, Ben's father who's, who's embarking on his third marriage. And so they decide to go to all of them together to save each other from the dreaded singles table. Pretty standard premise, you know, as far as things go. Correct. But, I think, but it's the it's the journey in the of of, of this that uh, the, <laughs> the journey the journey. Oh god! Gr- what are we on, spank- Oprah? It felt like a brand spanking new journey. <laughs> Now, what, did, what did you like about this? Because I okay. saw you chuckling away. I loved it. Well, I just mm. was chuckling out loud. I just I think because I just wanted to watch something light and fun and I'm yeah. really, really relishing the comeback of the rom-com. Yeah. Like that is my and genre, baby. And they're baby. good too. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're good. They're well cast. 
Yeah. You're seeing like different faces and new people. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's not the good. same old kind of people. It's not like it's Gerard Butler and Catherine Heigl or whatever, which, yeah. were, which they ended up being before they disappeared. Yeah. Well, neither of which I have a problem with. It's just no. a bit, but I'm not really interested. In no, that, no. Um, I think the thing that really stood out in this film is that the pair have such great chemistry. Yeah. And I just think Erskine, Erskine, I'm going to say Erskine, just steals so many She's of the so scenes. Funny she is this, yeah. just mm. hilarious. And she's so dry with yeah. her wit and sarcasm. And a mess. And a hot mess. <laughs> but And also her wacky kind of physical comedy yeah. is just so brilliant. And it's just the one-liners. Like she'll just deliver and then and then the scene ends. Yeah. And I just – I love the pacing of it. I just thought it was really fun. I think Jack Wade was great too. Yeah. Um, He's from The Boys show on Amazon. I've talked oh, about the superhero yeah. show where all the superheroes are, are lunatics. The Boys. He's really good at that I like as well. saying that. The boys! Yeah, the boys! Ah. yeah I just like him doing that. the dog and the baby. Oh, no, I and shouldn't me. be yelling. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so I think even though it walks down all those familiar, well-tread or well-trod romantic comedy tropes, um, it's a little bit like Four Weddings and a Funerally or like My Best Friend's Wedding, but not. It's very. It's different. I think it's better than those. I I, I absolutely agree. I yeah. think it is way better. Um, I think it's also It's also built on the back of those, so it's kind of, kind of easy to say, well, that movie from 30 or 20 years ago isn't as good as this new movie. But yeah. it's like, well, this movie exists because those movies Yeah, exist, correct. You know? Yeah, it has a vibe of that love wedding repeat. Was yeah, that? I also enjoyed it more than that. I as did well. too. Yeah, just, what I thought it did because I've I've written a few notes here because I knew you were talking about it. It captures yeah. like the lunacy of weddings often, or like the bad speeches yeah. or the repetitive nature that they. So if you start to go to a lot of weddings, you're like, here it comes. I know what this is. And I thought yeah. it also what, something. This, I'm going to sound like a complete prick, but I'm going to say this anyway. But it also captures those moments where people are pouring their heart out to each other. And they're just 40 over each other. It's this beautiful moment. And you're just watching and just like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? It's like someone's like most important moment. And this isn't every wedding I've been to, but it, it definitely has happened to me a couple of times where I'm just like, whatever. This means nothing to me. <laughs> that is so terrible. That is so Not terrible. Not to take to it away say. from that person. I know what you and mean. And I would never say that. No, but do you know I what I mean? What you mean. They're I know. so in it. And I'm just like. When's food? Like, yeah, you know. I know. That's one of the reasons why at our wedding I was like, five minutes, guys. You have five minutes each. Yeah. That's it. Get Don't, off. Yeah, get so off. drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I got the, the speeching, speeching? The speeching out of the Spanking. way. <laughs> the smooching yes. was all night long. No, um, <laughs> this is this, – what am I even saying? The smanking. The, um, the speeches right out of the way early. And Mason yeah. even enjoyed that about our wedding. He did. He still talks Speeches, about that. Speeches, booyah, like, straight out of the gate and yeah. then get on with the dancing and eating times. I also love a wedding as well. Like even a bad wedding, I'm like, this is all right because at least I've got now, like I've got you there at least. you know what I mean? <laughs> so I could enjoy them. <laughs> it did actually remind me a little bit, this film, of us going to weddings. Yeah. Just those like – and it is kind of lovely in that, those like in-jokes you look at each other when people's like partners say something really ridiculous or – Someone, yeah, someone's uncle's being super drunk on the dance floor. All those, like, the speeches are a little bit too long or a little bit terrible or a little bit inappropriate and Absolutely. all that stuff. And um, and that's really fun. And I also just liked all the different versions of them. Um, what did you think? I'm interested in your opinion about this. Part of it is about Ben's kind of character arc yeah. and him grappling with that whole kind of bogus concept of the one and only and once you meet the one, they'll be perfect and it'll be a meet cute and it'll all be, yeah. you know, that whole thing. That's probably a thing that people struggle with. I don't know if I ever had that kind of 
idea in my mind. Because like, you met me. Maybe. Well, because I found, I think what I liked about that was there was that conversation he had with a friend at one of the weddings towards the end. And I won't spoil it for everybody though. I yeah. Mean, you know, it's pretty, pretty cool. But the conversation the guy had about, he was sort of going on to these weddings thinking, how do people know for sure? And how is it that they're like celebrating their love? And I'm never sure about anything. Yeah. And the guy was like, well, actually people are just hoping for the best. Yeah, exactly. You know, Nobody's like... Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. No, you like, don't even know what's if you're like pretty sure in, in that moment, which you know we were when we were married. Very I hope sure. so. No, we <laughs> but, were. Uh, but you don't know what's going to happen. No, life know? is and it's long. something you got to work on. And even yeah. even mentions it's like it's like it's just a good time. Like if you invite all people and family that you like, and yeah. there's plenty of like music and alcohol, and if you, if you want to drink, some people have yeah, drawings, yeah, and you know decent food and whatever. It's it's a good fun time with people you like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think sometimes people get caught up in and I've seen like friends the institute do this. of marriage and being like yeah. this is so important and and it is and it is yeah. But I also think people get caught up with what am I trying to say here? Just sometimes, settle. <laughs> just give up. No, that's not what it is at all. I think sometimes people can overthink the commitment stuff or overthink relationships okay, or something sure. a little yeah. bit. Like I think that's what he was doing too. Or maybe because of their experiences, that's what I'm trying to say, because of their experiences in the past in their own family yeah. and he'd experienced obviously divorce, Yes, he is then taking those worries and concerns yeah. and nervousness yeah. into his um, future relationships Absolutely. and already picturing them yeah. falling apart, which is what he does. He like withdraws yeah. and you can see him – when he knows that he loves her, just like becoming a total asshole, yeah. and you can see that in relation. I've I've seen friends experience that with partners where they've just like not been able to fully commit and then become assholes and withdraw, yeah, and right. then realize they've made a mistake, and or you know vice versa. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. But my favorite character was Alice's mother, Angela. Yeah. I just so love those scenes. I know she's so mean and so out there, but she's played so fantastically by Rosalind Chow. And I just, she's not even in it for that long. No, she's in it for maybe five minutes. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But I just, I love that scene where she does a speech at her, um, yeah. Alice's sister's wedding. And she's just, you suddenly see all those moments with um, her family, Alice's family, you suddenly see why Alice is so out there and wacky mm. and just calls it as she sees it and argues with everything because her and her mother just basically yeah, yell at each other person. the whole time but they yeah. love each other. Yeah. And I just – I thought that was really handled well. I also thought it was good how it kind of destigmatized divorce because of, yeah. of the dad. And obviously divorces can be terrible and messy and all of those things. But also it's it's – I don't plan on getting a boss. Just, just, just so. I mean, you know, you never know. You never know. Do you know what I mean? Don't say that. I'm just saying you could do something horrible to me. I would never do anything. Oh, <laughs> no. oh God. And what I'm saying is like it celebrates that like, you know. I, I, life I, is messy. Life is messy. And when I was with, you know, your mother and that was really special, but, you know, that. And then, oh, and yeah, when he's thing. high on the mushrooms yeah. and he's like, I wouldn't be the person I am without yeah, her. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah, exactly. So, like. It's not so much a failure. It's like it's like a, it's more like a stage than like yeah. what happens. It does because we know people that got divorced or have been. Yeah, divorced. It's exactly. Not, it's not the end of the world. It's not a failure. There's no shame in it. If anything, it's a good thing to be like, let's not destroy ourselves. Let's kind of you know, let's try and salvage what we can and you know. Yeah, move and on. work on I think it. it can be and, a good thing. Yeah, and yeah. be joyful and mm. yeah, I totally think that it's kind of beautiful to kind of. See that life is complicated. It's not all black and white and it's shades of grey yeah. and you have to also take people. I think there's a really awesome song I listened to by Tim Minchin called If I Didn't Have You and it's on YouTube. It's really mm. funny. 
And it's like, it's funny. And I think part of the reason I like it, even though it's terrible, he's basically saying to his wife, who we met when they were 17, yeah. if I didn't have you statistically, I'd find someone else because there's like, you know, two billion yeah. people on the planet or that whatever. Is not incorrect. No. Like whether or not that'd be better or worse. Yeah, he would have found. Yeah, mathematically. Both and it, just, yeah. yeah, it is a really funny song. But then there's something about it that it makes me laugh. But mm. then I also think. What he says is quite profound in the middle of it, in the mix of all the joking and everything, in that the per- once you make that commitment to that person that you love, then you're then you grow together yeah. and you keep growing together and all the life experiences that you have, if you let it, you you kind of teach each other about each other and grow t- and, and expand who each other are. Mm. And so it's more than just like, oh, you just meet the one and it magically happens. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't think it that's what I was trying to say before. It's not that necessarily you magically meet the one. It's that you meet someone that is right for you, who you love, and then you grow together and you keep working on it and you laugh and you are kind to each other yes. and want the best for each other. And once that happens, it becomes better and better. Mm. And it's not always perfect. Do you know what I mean? No, what I'm I trying absolutely to say? agree. It's like an ongoing project yeah it's like yeah. it's like an it's like one of those little <laughs> japanese trees that you gotta like look after and like clip clip the yeah. little leaves off clip them yeah, wear clip a person them. down <laughs> sand their edges off yeah, yeah but anyway i just i think that's a really wise way of thinking about relationships mm. and life in general like yeah. i remember we did some marriage education before we got married and hitched and they said that like they'd been in a relationship with the same person but also different people over 40 years, Mm. like this was the people running it. And I could see that because as you grow, like we met when we were, I was like 19 and we change. We're different people. Yeah, absolutely. But if you can learn to understand and grow together, you know, and that and relationships are cyclical so they're not always going to be in that like full-on you know, that whole, what's the like honeymoon phase where you're just like all gaga? Yeah. But they, it kind Someone's of. Someone's got like, a bloody baby. It's a different type of bloody gaga, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> Correct, mate. Um, and they kind of cycle. Yeah. So they go, you go back into that stage though. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. then, you know, it comes around again and each time you're learning more about the person. All I'm saying is, I love you, mate. I, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you too. <laughs> I just uh, wanted to say quickly, I remember reading that apparently couples who look more and more like each other as their lives go on because they mimic facial expressions oh. and so they're doing similar facial expressions and they get like the same creases and things. I remember reading that. I don't know whether that's true, oh, but God. I thought that was I really I feel like that's happening to us in a serious way. No doubt. Um, oh, on one last little tiny note, in sure. that YouTube video, If I Didn't Have You, that Tim Minchin does, he does a stand-up comedy routine after the song and it just happened to be minute – Nine at 30 seconds. So Collins can put this YouTube link in. He does a joke about babies breathing. But I want to tell you something because I didn't know this, right? When, when you first get your first baby, the, when, they're, when they're little things, first couple of months, you spend your whole life scared shitless because tiny babies, they sleep all the time. And when they sleep, they sleep like this. They go... Yeah, yeah, and how they kind of breathe like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, 
And you just think at any moment they could possibly stop breathing and you're totally freaking out about it. Yeah, and it's perfect and it it sums up how I feel. And then he goes in there and like... I was doing it literally right now. Yeah, and like just it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And if you've ever slept next to a newborn, it's like sleeping next to them. They grunt all the time like... "Ah, ah." It's a a whole world. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Anyway, it's all right. Okay, your turn. I have. Uh, I really enjoyed this series. It's on Apple TV or Apple Plus, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. Uh, so, which you can get with a new Apple device, which is the only reason I have it because it's not a great streaming service. Because sometimes you're like, oh, a new movie, you click on it, and then they're like, it's fourteen dollars. Anyway, this show is called Defending Jacob. It's based on the novel of the same name. It's created by Mark Bomback, who's behind uh, the new Planet of the Apes movies, Outlaw King, which is a movie on Netflix saying uh, it's about, uh, it's set just after the William Wallace stuff, you know, from Braveheart. Mm. It's got the Chris Pine. It's really great. Uh, anyway, this stars Chris Evans, who's Captain America, Michelle Dockery, who's mm. the lead of um, Downton Abbey. Jaden Martell, uh, Cherry Jones, J.K. Simmons, mm-hmm. who's, they're all fantastic. And uh, for the premise, I'll, I'll, I'll just read it out because I wrote this weeks ago and I can't remember it. But, uh, but after <laughs> a shocking crime rocks a small town, an assistant uh, direct district attorney finds himself torn between his sworn duty to, to uphold the law and unconditional love for his son. So what, what, what it's essentially about is a kid at school turns up murdered and then his son is implicated in the, in, in the crime, his 13-year-old son. Whoa. And he's, as I mentioned, Chris uh, Evans, who's fantastic in this play, is his father. And there is that conflict of interest because, you know, he's, he's very good at his job, but all of a sudden it's, he's, he's on the other side of it because, you know, he's initially involved in the investigation then it comes to light that his son had involvement with this kid and, and how much of his son was actually involved in this, how much he knew, did he do it? It becomes this whole, this whole mystery and it's just, it's really well done. And it's one of those situations where it puts you in where like, if you, if you knew your, your child played a part in a horrific crime, potentially, what do you, what do, you do? You know what I mean? Because you don't stop loving them, obviously. But, but what, do you, oh, what do you do? Man, you know, you know what I mean? So Especially when you don't, you don't know because you kind of find out as you, go, as you go along, like he seems like maybe he is really good at manipulating people. Maybe he's a sociopath. Maybe he isn't. You know, it's, it throws a lot of doubt into question the whole time and has the parents kind of questioning each other at various times about whether it's true or not. You know, sometimes they're more staunch than other times and then more evidence comes to light and then, you know, and then other things that maybe he didn't do it. And it's just, it's really fantastic. So you should watch it. It's on, if you love a murder mystery. I do love it. And it also, it brings in like social media and things like that as well because there's a lot of like bullying online and stuff like that, which, which, which happens in it as well. But it's really great and I can't stress enough in particular, how good Chris Evans, Michelle Dockery, and Jaden Martell. You love Chris Evans. Yeah, you have great. a man boner for Chris Evans. I've got a regular boner for Chris <laughs> Evans. But uh, but it's just it's it's excellent. And uh, Jaden Martell Martell is the lead in it. If you've seen the kid, I don't know. If, I don't think you've seen it. I haven't. Week. No, because it's terrifying, and I don't want terrifying things. That's no, fine. It's not that terrifying. It's one of those ones you can kind of 
You say that, but it's probably still scary. Yeah, you might be right. But no, I think this one you would really, really enjoy, Defending yeah? Jacob. All right. R- really, like you should you should watch it. Okay, yeah. excellent. I am going to do that. Please do. I will. What's next? All right, so I have a book and a podcast kind of yeah. simultaneously. So I talked a little bit about Austin Channing Brown, I think, on a previous podcast. And she is awesome. She's written a book called I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in – I can't say that word. Dignity. 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 Oh, there we go. I'm still here. Black dignity in a world made for whiteness. Mm -hmm. And I was so surprised, I think, by this book, by how much I felt I didn't know. Right. and, And I think this is one of the things I kind of wanted to address with you too in the era that we're (laughs) in the movement Black Lives Matter that we're in currently. And I think as someone who likes to think of myself as progressive and left-wing and, you know, quite, you know, treating people equally and all of this stuff. There is so much that I still and probably will never understand about these kind of issues and racism, I guess, and and what people experience, particularly because I am white. Yeah. And I've started looking at white fragility as well. And this is that's kind of concept I've never heard either. But this book is a really good place to start because it's it's a memoir really and it's about her life story and growing up in a really white neighborhood and then her parents get divorced and she moves to a black neighborhood and then finding her black church. And I guess um, she also then, and I would recommend listening to the podcast first, there's a podcast called Unlocking Us with my favorite Brené Brown and she interviews Austin. And one of the first stories Austin talks about is that her parents gave her the name Austin, which is ostensibly an older white male name. Right. And her experience of having that name, why they gave it to her to give her an inroads in in the workforce and in other spheres of her so life. So they see the application. Yeah. And, and like, often oh. she said almost every time she applies for a job, they think that they're getting a straight white man basically. Yeah, of course, yeah. And she turns up and everyone kind of freaks out internally but doesn't say that. You can tell that there. She says you can tell people are reassessing, looking through a resume, yeah. trying to check whether there were any signs to see. Oh yeah, um, it's a great that, way to get a foot in the door, though. Yeah, that she's a woman of color. Yeah, um, clever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess Austin, in her conversation with Brene Brown, which is why I think it's really great to listen to the episode, talks about how it shouldn't just be, you know, her job or people of color or your friends with people who are people of color mm. to educate you. And she said, often white people make the excuse, I'm not a racist, I have a black friend. I'm not a racist, I have a, you know, a, a Chinese friend or something. I keep a photo on hand yeah. for those yeah. exact scenarios. Like, yeah, exactly. Or even my husband is, insert ethnicity, well, that's I can't racist, be racist though. then. Well, yeah, and she said that's actually not the point and that mm. white people should actually be talking about this even though, and even now, I feel like I'm getting everything wrong and it makes me really uncomfortable to, to talk about yeah. this because I feel like I'm going to offend someone so it's and pers- you don't want to offend so anyone. It's a spe- perspective of... Uh, book and interviews where yeah. it's not like oh I I I know I know people so I'm not racist it's more like it's a, something that you can't comprehend in it yeah you know, and that ostensibly yeah. because and you, can't drag you are around to be like look yeah at, look, look at, at me yeah. I'm not racist because <laughs> I know someone yeah. who's you see that so often as well Let's yeah exactly yeah. and she said that that actually we all have internalized racism not me. <laughs> No, but it's important for white people, I Mm. guess, or anyone, any person, but particularly white people in this moment to talk about this with other white people, Mm. examine our own social biases 
and look at the way that the world is set up for us and then examine that in ourselves and educate ourselves. It's our responsibility to go and do that. And so yeah. anyway, this now I'm making this book sound really dry. It's not at all. It's a memoir and it makes you feel things and makes you really think differently and it kind of shifts your whole world or my whole world. It shifted my whole world yeah. of understanding what it would be like to grow up as a, um, a person of colour yeah. in, a, in a particular cultural group. So... And it's just a great read too. It's, it's very easy to read. Um, it's called I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness. It's really Austin's, um, it's a memoir yeah, really right. about her childhood and growing up. It's really interesting in America. I was so, thinking about that name thing that you mentioned. It reminds me of, we, I have an Indian friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here we go. No, you know, we have yeah. a friend called Barry. Yeah. Who's the last name I won't say obviously, but his name, his birth name is Belginder and his parents changed him when he was really young, when he was in kindergarten because it was to do with like other kids couldn't pronounce it. But I think there probably was, because I know his dad and him have both experienced like racism, you know, which isn't uncommon because I know there's a lot of, there's not, there's to harden up or whatever. Shut the fuck up. Like, you don't know what you're you know, talking about. But, yeah. But I think a lot of that is, would have been like, Barry is like a very traditionally Australian name. They could have picked anything or not changed it, but that's what they went with, you know? Yeah. And I just think that's. It's really interesting. interesting. Well, even, and I know you, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about when you guys went to go get pizza from oh, yeah. the pizza shop. Yeah. Yeah, and how the pe- you went to pick up the pizza and Barry went to grab it and the guy thought that he was the Uber driver. He was the Uber driver, yeah. Yeah. And he, like, laughed. He was like, but, like, that's – and that there's nothing – there's not, no malice there, but that's – yeah, that's exactly. That's like, the kind of – If I had have grabbed it, nobody would have thought that I was the Uber, the Uber yeah, driver. Exa- yeah, and you very well could have been, but yeah. it's – yeah, and I guess that – and you wonder what that's like on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. I saw Ernie Dingo who is um, an Indigenous Australian comedian um, and he can't, we kind of grew up with him as a comedian in the 90s. He did a lot of – hosted a lot of kids shows and – Yeah, he did and he did like travel shows and stuff like that. Travel shows yeah, yeah. and – yeah, and he's really excellent. He's in the second Crocodile Dundee. He is. And I saw him do an interview recently about why he – developed his sense of humour and how it became a deflection mechanism because literally every day of his life he was coping with little situations like that. And even though in the instant it doesn't look that bad, but over time if that's happening to you on a daily basis, you get exhausted and tired. And you can imagine like there's so much in our lives that just happens so easily Mm. that we don't even realise happens so easily. Like Austin talks about, um, borrowing some library books and her library card had Austin on it and she was like eight or something and the librarian didn't believe that it was her library card. Oh, really? Yeah, because she was like, well. Like she's going like yeah, to steal Yeah, steal the books or something. Or she talks about her parents teaching her about how she could be in shops and how if she picked something up in a chemist, you don't put your hands in your pockets, make sure it's clear that you've put it down and you don't put your hands in your bag or in your pockets because you don't want to give anyone any reason to frisk you or to think that you were trying to steal something. Yeah, well, that, that, I've heard stories like that of, and all like how to, like when people are pulled over, depending what your background is, how how you should behave, how you should, you know. How you're treated, And how you, yeah. you know, keep your hands like kind of on the, on the roof of the car and things like that just so people, you know, because there's been cases of people being shot. Yeah. Just, you know. Exactly. For, for no, no reason. reason. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It, and I know. Anyway, and I we, think we've solved it. So, so <laughs> no, I think it's good to be, that's how I should read that. Cause I think it's really good to be mindful of those things. Cause yeah, I'm definitely one of those people who's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm not racist or whatever, but 
yeah, well, I've had a completely different experience. So you don't even know. Yeah, and there's things the, that you might you can't say. Can't have an experience of us. Yeah, exactly. Or there's things that you might say or assume that you don't even realize have offended someone or or made someone's life more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, anyway, it just made me really think about this and also how difficult, like even now I'm cringing about this conversation because I feel like I'm going to offend someone. And the message I've sort of been reading about is that we shouldn't be afraid to examine this kind of stuff and yeah. have these conversations because it can only really help, I think, if we can develop more empathy. Anyway, that's anyway, a re- yeah, it's a really that's interesting really book cool. and cool. I would recommend if you can't, don't have time to read a book, mm. listen to the podcast Brene Brown with Austin Channing Brown yes. um, called Unlocking Us. Okay. It's cool. really good. Cool. All right. Well, then let's bloody wrap it up then. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Okay. Well, do you have any any reviews for us over there? Because you, you know can do, review Claire. us in app straight away. The best thing about a review is you can just do it in app. You can open up your app. You can just do it right there. Five stars if you could, like Matthew0027 said. You might learn something. Mm-hmm. On an episode, they talked about the birth of their new child. Claire compared to getting a cesarean to getting a, the last little toothpaste out of a tube. I was eating chili cheese burrito <laughs> so from Taco sorry. Bell at the time. No, I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll look brushing my teeth burritos or this, the podcast in the same way again. So there you go. They, he learned something horrifying. He didn't want to know it, but he learned something, and that's really interesting. That is. Did you get any in, interesting things? I said, did. Said to I you got about? some great emails. Um, and you can email the show if you have any recommendations at suggestiblepod at gmail.com or if you just want to say, hey, dudes, we love you. We think you're top. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, um, this one is from Keishika, and I'm probably going to say this name wrong. I'm so sorry. And he writes, hi, Claire and James. Hope you and the kiddos are staying safe and healthy. I was yes. listening to this last week's episode where you mentioned the Australian Comedy Festival on Stan, and this is a, a correction, and I wanted to mention it. Um, we talked about Sammy J, who does the puppetry I know for Randy Feltface. Puppet, he doesn't do the puppet. No, the he guy. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's a comedian named Heath McIvor. I realised that as soon as I uh, as soon as we finished. No, I felt yeah. so terrible. Anyway, they do work together though. Right. Yes. Yeah, they do. But they do. no, he not voices all, not Randy. Not exclusively, but yeah, they no, have worked together. No, yeah. they're a long, he's a long-time comedy partner. So yeah. they do lots of shows together, including an Aussie TV show called Ricketts Lane, and you can hear all about them and their relationship in a recent podcast Heath featured in called Under the Puppet. Mm. I think that would be really interesting. And his suggestion is a, is Randy's solo stand-up routine, Randy Writes a Novel, where he does a one-hour routine that is both hilarious and thought-provoking. I would love to watch that. I'm going What's to. What's it on? Our YouTube. Very our YouTube. Good. Yeah. Keep up the good work on this podcast because it brings us all joy to hear Claire's lovely voice. Oh, and dulcet tones. Oh. And James's rampant rants. Oh, Ooh, good alliteration there. Take care. Kayushika. Nailed it. I'm so not nailed it. Another correction from that same person. I'm so sorry, mate. Anyway, thank you for writing in. We really appreciate, no, we appreciate it. it. Thank you so much. Cool. Okay, that's it from that's us. It. All right, we'll be back next week, won't we, Claire? Um, who Soon knows? Who does know? But we will be here. We're keeping it consistent. We're keeping it high. We're keeping it tight, aren't but, we? Yeah, always keep it tight. All right. We'll see you guys. Nice, on tight. The next buttocks. Oh, no, it's firm buttocks. Yes. From my favourite rom-com. Notting Hill. Sleepless in Seattle. No, Claire. You've got the movie <laughs> wrong. Now we're going to get more corrections. <laughs> All right. Ah. See you and your nice firm buttocks next week. Yes. Goodbye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.